Welcome to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast, where we highlight Saskatoon's epic business culture by interviewing their best and brightest owners. We strive to deliver value in one simple model. What's in it for you? I'm your host, Scott Ziegler. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. Hello everyone. Yes, I am a realtor with Remax Saskatoon and I am broadcasting from Remax headquarters here in Saskatoon, probably Canada's best city. There's a reason why they call us the Paris of the Prairies. If you've been listening thus far, you'll know that this is just the second episode of Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. And we're starting this podcast with a three-part miniseries, The Past, The Present, and The Future. If you listen to episode one, you'll know that I spoke to Jason Yoakum, the CEO of the Saskatchewan Realtors Association, and he gave us a bit of a breakdown on what the association is as a whole and how it governs real estate agents here in the city and in the province. Today, I'm proud to introduce Larry Stewart as my guest, uh, the broker owner of Remax Saskatoon and my boss. Larry, welcome to the program. Thanks, Scott. Pleasure. Today, Larry, I want to explore the past, the present, and the future of the Remax brand, the Remax organization, and uh, and in our brokerage, Remax Saskatoon. But before I do that, I just want to get into your bio a little bit. You've been in the industry for forty-one years. Correct. So basically, you were the first agent ever in Saskatoon. <laughs> nope, it's a lot before me. And you, uh, you, you bought the Remax franchise here, or fifty percent of it, in nineteen ninety-five, and then you became sole owner of the franchise here in two thousand. Um, you currently have three franchises here in Saskatoon, so that would be the Remax East Office on A Street, the North Office on Pinehouse Drive, and then City Park on Duchess Street, or Duchess Avenue, I guess. And then you own Warman, Humboldt, Prince Albert, Rosetown, and four offices on Vancouver Island. Altogether, you have 190 agents under your umbrella. Is that correct? That's right. So to say that you're busy is an understatement. Well, you know what? It's... Uh we're in the prairies, like you said, the oasis in the in the prairies. But when it's forty below, I can jump a plane and go and look after our offices in Vancouver Island. And we've created quite a network of referrals back and forth. Great. So, with having one hundred and ninety agents, even though we are all somewhat independent contractors and not necessarily accountable to you on a day to day basis, we are accountable in the fact that you're a broker. So, how is it to manage one hundred and ninety agents? Well, at Remax, the type of uh, realtors that do come to Remax are pretty uh, educated. They're pretty experienced. So they really are independent contractors running their own business. And uh, surprisingly enough, we, um, we don't get a lot of problems or realtors phoning and saying, how do we do this or how do we do that? They do call us when they don't know or they're questioning it, but they're pretty knowledgeable people. Great. And, I, you know, I've said before that if you take up the all the knowledge that we have in this brokerage, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of experience spread out amongst all our agents. So somebody knows the answer to the question. Absolutely. We've had people uh, over the last five years, we've had a lot of people retired from Remax. Uh, most of them have been in the business 40, 45, 50 years. So uh, we've had uh, the pleasure of having that experience before us. And uh, We've got people like myself that's been in the business now 41 years, so we just keep carrying on that experience and the learning that we do through the changes of the government. Great. So 41 years ago, what made you initially get into real estate? 
Um, I think it was 41 years ago, I just was an employee with a company with CTV, actually. And it was, it was fine. <clears throat> it, was a, it was a good job. And uh, I just had uh, some aspirations to own my own business. And, you know, maybe the harder you work, the more money you make and the more you satisfy your customers. So um, a friend of mine, Russ Anderson, which is Alan Anderson's brother, uh, was a good friend of mine. And I bought a little bit of real estate and sold a little bit through him. And he just convinced me that I should become a realtor. Great. And so 41 years ago, I, I hear stories today of agents talking about how the business was revolutionized when the fax machine came in <laughs> and, you know, then, then the pagers and then, you know, the introduction of the computer. And now we can virtually complete a real estate transaction on our cell phone. So what, what was it like 40, you know, 35, 40 years ago as compared to today? Well, when I started in 79, we had a little office and we all had desks and and basically, the brokerage said, here's your office, and here's your phone, and good luck. And there wasn't really a lot of tools. You had to go knocking on doors. Uh, you could put ads in the paper and things like that. But you basically started out with your client base and the people that you knew. But there was no fax machines. We didn't have phones. Uh, we all knew where every pay phone in the city was, so we had a pocket full of quarters. And if we had to phone somebody from a different brokerage, we'd either go to the office or pull on Tate Street and get a pay phone and phone them. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, so in 1995, did the opportunity just present itself to purchase the, a, a share in this franchise, or how did that happen? Well, I was actually working with a different company. It was uh, Royal Trust at the time, actually. And uh, then I became manager. I managed an office downtown on 3rd Avenue for a few years. And uh, then they merged, and their whole concept changed at Royal Trust. So... Uh, I had uh, pretty good respect for the Remax system. I'd watched it kind of evolve, I guess, out of 1973. And uh, I knew the owner, Morley Lee, and so he was a pretty good friend of mine, and we shared a lot of, you know, information back and forth. So I phoned him one day, and I just uh, took him out for lunch and said I'd like to purchase half of your, or buy into your, your company, and uh, he said, perfect. The right time, right place. Yep, for him. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now that, that leads really great into, I guess, my next question. You, you know, you said you'd watch the, the franchise from 1973. And I want to get into the sort of the past, present, future of, of the Remax brand and the Remax franchise. And I mean, Remax is a powerhouse brand today. It, I think that it's clear that if you went onto the street and said, What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you think of real estate? Remax is going to be one of those answers, you know, more often than not. But the company had to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So can you give the listeners a little bit of history about sort of Remax International and, and the brand and why it started and the, the, the philosophy behind it? Yeah, I, uh, I recall uh, uh, Phil Nordquist uh, coming to Saskatoon, and I'm, I'm going to guess, but I think it was about 1984, and he came with this kind of a philosophy in a new company called Remax. And we didn't know what Remax was all about. So I researched it and I found out it was started in Denver by a husband and wife team, Dave and Gail Linegar. And they were working for a typical independent and they were half of the commission went to the broker and they made half of the commission. And so Dave uh, really believed that it was time that the realtor should make more because he's putting all the effort into it. So he started the Remax uh, brand in Denver and uh, just with about six people and uh, the kind of it worked and he he had the philosophy that he couldn't do it on a small time basis he had to hire uh, franchise people so he got the franchise approved 
and he hired people to go out and sell franchises and uh, and he would go and uh, he would be there every time they sold a franchise and it'd be a big celebration and uh, they were kind of struggling and uh, I remember the first and I wasn't there but I, I know from other people um, Calgary was the first franchise that they sold in Canada and they were really struggling in the 80s it was uh, hard uh, they were not making any money and Dave went and borrowed a lot of money from everybody he could think of, and uh, he sold a franchise into Quebec. And uh, slowly, uh, through the 80s, Canada really saved Remax because they were faltering in, in the U.S. There's so much competition and so many independents and such a high uh, volume of cities that uh, he, to this day, uh, if he talks to you, he'll say, you know, Canada really saved the Remax system. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so that, I mean, that's REMAX International, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but but REMAX, uh, R-E slash M-A-X, stands for Real Estate Maximums. Isn't that correct? That's, that's where it started. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then in 95, when you became part owner of REMAX, and I mean, that's that's 25 years ago now. Yep. What was it like at that point? I mean, we, we're the number one company in the, in the city now, but was it always that way, or how was the... You know, this little local franchise changed over the 25 years. Well, I can tell you, watching from a distance, because I wasn't with Remax at the time, but they really, really struggled. And then uh, it was about 1986. Uh, there was a fellow came in from uh, Edmonton and uh, with a new vision, and uh, he started it. And um, by 1988, uh, Remax was the number one company in Saskatoon, and has been ever since. Cool. Yep. Okay. And then, so as we shift to the present. Remax International has kind of taken on some significant changes over the years, um, or even the, the past few years. We have a, a fairly young CEO, um, you know, that, that's on board now. And I know that, you know, even 10, 12 years ago, when I was first getting into it, you know, we were developing a lot of our, our own technology. And now we've gone the way of purchasing more tech companies or startups and, and bringing them under the Remax umbrella. So what can you tell our listeners about sort of the current state of the, the Remax brand, you know, globally or internationally? Well, it, it, Dave and Gail Inniger are still, um, it actually turned public about five years ago. Gail, Linegar are, Gail and Dave Linegar are still involved. Dave just turned over the chairmanship to the new uh, CEO. And so it's being driven by a public board now. So, you know, there's still a lot of control because Dave's got a lot of shares still in the company, but uh, the board of directors of the company, and he has to answer to his board, and depending on what the shares are doing, uh, has to watch what they're doing. But they have a lot more money now, and so they bought companies like Bouge, which is a huge company, which will generate leads, and it creates uh, a good thing for the people selling their homes, for example. There's more, more connections. So... It's, it's gone in a big leap. They know they're number one. They know how hard it is to stay number one. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, their biggest driving force is to just deliver a real estate company to the public that is real value. Okay. So they, they're still operating under that real estate maximums principle to, to be number one and get maximum value out of the company. Yep. The principle is to uh, give the realtors as, as much as they can. They pay their dues. It uh, doesn't matter how much you make. You pay this amount. If you make half of that, you pay the same amount. So it's, it's the harder you work, the more they make. And that's uh, an incentive for the realtors to, to join REMAX if they're good income earners. Okay, great. And then if we shift to the local brokerage here, I know that over the last, say, five years, we've really made a, a, a shift here in the present 
you know, doubling down and, and going all in on, on technology. And, and, you know, that's, that's easy to say, but harder to do. And, and what I mean by that is our, our brokerage here has not only doubled down on technology, but we brought it all in house. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have drones or 3d photography, professional cameras, video, you know, video equipment, podcasting, green screens, and every, every little bit of technology that's available, we've now adopted that, brought it under our umbrella, under our roof, so that we don't have to hire it out. We can do it, you know, all in-house, which, you know, saves the turnaround time. So the the present of our brokerage is that sort of the, you know, the direction that we're going just to provide more service for our agents. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that um, we've been sort of, uh, programmed right from the top that you have to deliver service to the realtors to keep a good good group of realtors, and we've got we've um, you talked about cameras. We bought a Matterport camera. It's a it's a ten thousand dollar camera, but anybody that's looked at our videos uh, in any of our listings, you can virtually look at a book on a fireplace, or you can look at you know the toe kicks in the kitchen to see if there's a vacuum, or look at the ceiling to see if there's a stain right from the screen at mm-hmm. home. So that's just one of the i mean we've got drones and we've got all kinds of things uh that we've invested in uh, we've invested in a, a super printer and a photocopier that does high quality brochures um those are high expensive things but the things i think that you need to invest in as a brokerage for the realtors to be feel there's a value at that brokerage yeah and and i i would i would agree with that i know that speaking to other colleagues all the stuff that we have under our roof, it, it's available to people, but they have to go out and, and, and farm it out or, or hire it out and turnaround times obviously lag. And, and, and I think that the easier that you make something to do, the more people are going to do it. And if I have to constantly contact three or four vendors every time I have a listing, eventually I'm not going to do that where if I can just come into the office and pick the equipment up, makes it a lot easier for me. Wouldn't you agree? That's for sure. That's our, that's our goal. Okay. And then now let's talk about the future. Um, start maybe with, with international. Do you see anything coming down the, you know, the pipe inter- from international or what, what, what's sort of the sense of where they're, you know, I know you talked about the company going public and obviously that adds a whole, whole new layer of, a, of accountability, but what anything from your sort of management or higher level meetings that you see coming down the pipe for international and the brand in general? Well, you know, there's a lot of things coming in, and it's hard for us to keep up on a local level. Um, I'm just on the way to Las Vegas, and that's our international show uh, this next week, actually. And so we're going to hear a whole lot more about what, what's coming and the companies they're buying or the companies that they did buy that didn't work, and so they're they're not continuing on with those companies. But they're really focusing on market share. They're focusing on worldwide uh, connections like in Scotland, for example, we have offices there, Saudi Arabia, we have offices, Japan, China, Australia. So they're creating a referral network. That's really what they're focusing in, on right now, lead generation for our realtors and referrals so that if you've got a client that's in Kelowna coming here, he doesn't have to deal with a different company. He can deal with the same company. Yeah, I don't know that people quite understand how powerful that is in our business where um, speaking of conferences, you know, especially like, for example, Western Canada, you know, mm-hmm. we know 
we're, we're good friends with a handful of agents in, in virtually every city in Western Canada from our connections. So if you have a client, like you said, that, that gets a job transfer to Edmonton, not only can I refer him to a REMAX agent, I can refer him to an agent that I personally know, personally know will be a good fit with that client mm-hmm. and just make that, that process a lot more seamless. Well, I know, um, Scott, you're one of the ones that deals with referrals and most of ours do. But if we look at the referrals that, uh, you know, some of our upper agents make, 30 or 40% of their total income comes from people they don't know. It's, they're being referred from a fellow REMAX agent that they've become uh, friends with over the years at conventions and just in education. And that's just good service. It is, yeah. And then what about, what about locally? Um, you know, obviously you've, you, know, you have regular manager meetings and, and that kind of stuff. What, where does the next sort of 5, 10 maybe even 15 years, but where do you see that on a local level? That's an interesting question because everybody's got a different view. And some people say, oh, well, you know, we don't need offices anymore. We can just work out of our house and and we can just, uh, they talk about no bricks and mortar. Well, I personally don't believe that. I think there's a little bit of a movement in that direction, but I don't think it's going to stay there. I think people are going to come back. They want to have an office. They want to come to an office meeting once a week and talk about their listings or or they have a problem, they want to be able to come in and talk to somebody. And uh, we're, in a, we're in an age where you can't make a mistake because you make a mistake, it can cost you thousands, tens of thousands of mm-hmm. dollars, you mm-hmm. know, with the uh, cost of lawyers and stuff. So uh, I believe it's more of a um, service-orientated uh, brokerage system that you need to have to work forward. And I think the smaller brokerages are very quickly going to disappear. So as we start to close here and, and move into the, the last portion, we interrupt this program for today's shameless plug. If you want more information on this podcast and the host, or any information on the Saskatoon real estate market, including market stats, neighborhood profiles, or any listing that's currently for sale, you can find it all on the web at onlineopenhouse.ca. That's onlineopenhouse.ca. I'm also on all major social channels. It's called social media for a reason. Add me. Let's get social. Now, back to the show. I want to dig a little bit deeper into business and the running of a business. And I mean, obviously, you know, you've you've had aspirations of being a business owner for the last 41 years and have been successfully managing and running businesses for, you know, the last 25 or 30 what do you think is the definition of a successful business? Well, you know what? We've, uh, we sell businesses, as you know, and I've got a friend of mine who's looking to get into a business now. And so we're trying to find him something. But it's amazing the amount of businesses that are out there that they look profitable, they look strong. You look at the bottom line and they're losing money. They're not making any money. So one of the biggest things, and I've, I was taught that a long time ago, you cannot go into business undercapitalized. You have to be able to, you know, if you have a tough year, a tough two years, you have to just go on as if nothing's happening. You can't say, well, if this happens again, I can't, I can't be in business. So one of the biggest things I think in business in general is just to make sure you've got backing or you've got capital behind you for a tough year. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. So, so essentially, if, if you're in business, be in business and, and make money. Yep. Okay, great. Yep. And so if we do maybe narrow it down to, to just agents, you know, what, what would you say makes is the definition of a successful agent or what are some of the must haves or must do's, you know, for an agent in, in our business to be successful? 
Well, I think you have to be an entrepreneur to start with. When we, when we look at hiring people, I never hire a realtor without meeting with them twice. And the first time you get a, an opinion of what type of person that is, if he's going to look after your clients in a good way. And the second meeting, you'll, you'll either ratify that or you won't. But uh, it's just really important that you spend time. Whenever a realtor's suffering or maybe failing, I'll sit down with him and we'll determine how many hours a week he works. And it's often 30, 35 hours a week. And we say you cannot survive in this business unless you're 50 to 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest rule. Okay. And the next couple of questions are designed to give the listeners, a, I guess, a glimpse into your leadership style or your management style. Um, I, I really firmly believe that people learn from the experiences of others. You know, that's the reason why people follow certain personalities online or mm-hmm. read certain books, you know, just to try and emulate the good and, and maybe not so much the bad. So, you know, in that, in that same thought, um, what is one of the weaknesses that you think you have as a broker owner? Well, one of the weaknesses I guess I have as a broker owner is I like to give everybody a chance. And sometimes we, you know, we'll hire somebody out of a different profession and we really work with them. And and sometimes, you know, your gut instinct is, you know what, I should cut him loose because I don't think he's suited for this business, but I'll keep on working with him and we'll keep on educating him. And, and, and hopefully they do turn the corner and become successful. But in this business, the longer you're in it as a broker, you have to understand they have to be self-starters. Mm-hmm. They have to be initially. You can't phone them up and say, hey, where are you? You're not at work today. they got to know that they got to work. Right. Well, in- independent contractors were, as I said in the beginning, ultimately we are accountable to our to ourselves. And if we're not holding ourselves to a particular standard, there's no way you're going to be able to. No. And an independent contractor just means that you that's your business. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to run it. We're here to administrate it for you, but we're not here to, you're not an employee. And then on the flip side of that, what, what is a strength of yours? Like what's one thing that you really think that you do well as a broker owner? Well, I think that we've got good connections through the community. We, we donate. I'm just looking at a check rate outside the window here. It says a million... 18,281. That's what we donated to the hospital in Saskatoon, the Children's Hospital. Something we can all be proud of. Yeah. And it's not just me. It's the realtors here all donate a certain amount of their transactions out of there and they vote on it. We don't tell them they have to. And uh, I'm proud of that. Great. I am too. And so as we get to the final word, Larry, let me leave the final word with you. I mean, this is the Saskatoon Business Podcast after all. What's one piece of advice that you could leave an aspiring business owner or even an established business owner right now that you think that they could use and implement starting today to make a difference in their business? Well, I think if it was one thing, I'd say get involved with a service club or a a charity, Board of Trade, North Businessmen's Association. There's a tremendous amount of good that you can do. And in turn, they'll reward you by doing business with you. So your, your son who's, uh, you know, in the management here has a saying, doing well by doing good. So that's essentially what you're saying in a nutshell. Yep. Okay, great. Totally. Great. Well, Larry, I, I appreciate the fact that you made time for me today. I know that you're, you're a busy guy. And I think that the world is full of knowledge these days, but it lacks wisdom. Yep. And I think that you gave some really great insights on the business and you, and you gave the listeners some, some wisdom and some things to think about today. And I'd like to thank all the listeners who joined us today. I hope you got a chance to listen to the first episode. I hope that you get a chance to listen to the second and third and would 
consider subscribing and, and following along with this podcast. And if you want to see any of our guests in person, you can head over to our YouTube playlist. The link will be in the show notes. Again, my name's Scott Ziegler, a realtor with Remax Saskatoon and your host of Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Signing off from Remax headquarters. Thanks for listening. And if there's anything in this world that I can do for you, just reach out because as always, I'm just happy to help. Thanks so much for listening to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from.